Hello, and thanks for downloading this episode of Pep Talk. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not get a free copy of my book, The Atheist Who Didn't Exist, or Christy Mayer's book, More Truth, by becoming a regular supporter of the show. Just visit our website, www.solas-cpc.org, and donate as little as £3 a month, and we'll send you a book as a thank you. Thank you so much, and for now, on with the show. and welcome to Pep Talk, the Persuasive Evangelism Podcast. My name is Christy and I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, Andy Bannister. Hello, Andy. Well, it's great to be uh, with you, Christy. Fabulous is the word. I feel fabulous today. It's the coffee and the sugar, I think. <laughs> Didn't you say you were having some jammy dodges earlier on as well? Is that in the mix? I did. I wrote a, I wrote a chapter of my book this morning and I've celebrated with jammy dodges and, and coffee. So the sugar levels and the caffeine levels are probably higher than they should be. What could go wrong? You are living the dream, mate. Living the, dream. <laughs> Living the dream. Anyway, this week we are thrilled to be joined by Nay Dawson. Hi, Nay. Hi, Christy. Well, hello, Nay. Um, just to give you a little bit of info about Nay, um, Nay is the IFES Europe Regional Training Coordinator, and she's the founder of PFE, which is Passion for Evangelism. I'm going to hear a little bit uh, about that during this episode. But the wonderful thing about Nay, I think there are many wonderful things about Nay, is the fact that she's such a long-suffering friend of mine. We've known each other for quite a while haven't we now yeah although I don't actually remember when we met but I certainly know that I'm your friend now and it's for quite a while memorable. but memorable no idea <laughs> when we met or even where <laughs> probably you can see that's uh, always good to, always good to have a friend of Christy on, uh, Christy on the show because we hope now that you'll keep her you'll keep her under control um so look at the pre-show in the pre-show talk you threw that little acronym uh at us uh PFE and uh, acronyms are my strong point. I innocently went, what is that? So so what is PFE and why are you excited about it? Yeah, thanks, Andy. So PFE is a network called Passion for Evangelism. It's a network of female public evangelists. And we're really excited about helping women grow and equip them and give them opportunities in creative public evangelism. That is absolutely brilliant. And I know one of the things that Christy and I have noticed on this show, so looking for guests on this show, is there are not, they don't seem to be as many women involved, certainly in perhaps the more apologetic end of evangelism as uh, as guys. Is, is that is that true? Is that just my perception? Or is it, you know, there is a bit of a need here that, that you guys are really trying to fill and getting more people through? Yeah, definitely. There's very few female public evangelists. If you have a think about them, there's probably less than 10 that you can think of in the UK that are well known. Um, but also there's a need for men and women to work together in sharing the gospel and I think as men and women do that, they communicate something of who God is as they work together. So, yeah, there's a need for women evangelists, but there's a need for women and men to work together. Hmm. And so what do you think, um, Nay, that are the big challenges then that have kind of prevented more kind of women or particular minorities coming through to be able to kind of publicly uh, speak and share their faith in those in those in the public arena? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's many opportunities, both for men and women, many problems as well, just lack of confidence, lack of opportunities, thinking that somebody else could do it better, hoping to be asked to give an Alpha Talk or Christianity Explored Talk, but um, not being asked to do that. So I think there's a real mix of problems for men and women, um, but more obviously for women, I think that's just really clear, both in personal evangelism, but also in public. 
And I imagine that the the personal evangelism side of stuff is is where most of our our listeners will be. I mean, I know before I joined UCCF and and other organisations, I just thought the idea of um, even just talking to my friends really on a low scale level was exciting, but I just had no idea really what to do <laughs> or how to go about it other than say, would you like to come to church? And um, one of the things that I, I love about Passion for Evangelism is that you're trying to, well, I don't know, Nay, you tell us, what, what is Passion for Evangelism actually about? How is it meeting the need and those challenges that you just mentioned? Yeah, thanks, Christian. Christy's obviously part of PFE, so you could talk about it. I thank you. Basically, we're trying to just equip the everyday woman to um, work out who they are before God, the way he's gifted them uniquely, what talents they have, and how they could use those to communicate the gospel. So there's about 450 women in the network. We're all really different. So some women through lockdown have been writing evangelistic songs. Some have been putting evangelistic boxes at the end of their drive and giving away Bibles Others have been using TikTok and creating videos on Instagram. So there's a whole variety of women that we're trying to encourage. And the way we do that is through an annual conference where we get women to bring a 10-minute evangelistic passion talk and they get feedback. But also we run regular book clubs where we invite the author to come and speak with us and it helps us learn and grow and read. So we've had Rebecca McGoughlin most recently. Um, We had an interview with her Um, But also we've set up something called The Greenhouse, which is a new mentoring project where eight women for two months get mentored by a male and female evangelist. And the outcomes are producing a 60-second story of hope on Instagram, an evangelistic blog, and an evangelistic talk. So we're really trying to equip everyday women in the network. There are very few professional evangelists in our network um, so that they can then serve their friends, their communities, their local church in mm. um, sharing the gospel in really creative ways. Mm. One of the things I, I love about what you're describing there, Dave, is it comes across as very grassroots. It's not, it's not as you say, just the professional, or not even the professional uh, evangelists. It's people who do it using all kinds of ways that God's given them to reach out to friends and neighbours and so on. And I sometimes think that people feel that you can only do evangelism you know, if God gives you a stage and a platform and several thousand people. For somebody listening to this who's thinking, you know, I love to get more involved in evangelism. I've got a, I've got a passion for it. I just don't know even where to start. What would be your advice to somebody from your experience of of mentoring uh, people? I mean, obviously women particularly, but but even guys as well who are listening to this thinking, I'm, I'm nobody, I can't do evangelism. How do they get started? I mean, I think just for me personally in the community I live in, um, just really praying for my friends, praying for opportunities to speak to them about Jesus and um, loving them so dearly that I don't only share the gospel, but I share my life as well. And particularly in lockdown, that's just become so true the need for community, I think, is a new apologetic. And my friends are desperate for community. So for me, being salt and light in COVID-19 has been running Zoom calls for my school and for the different years. It's been running events. But I I think this new um, apologetic of community is a really obvious one. And as Christians, we have the ultimate reason to believe in community because our God is Father, Son and Spirit. And there's relationship and community even within God. And so I've just been embracing that as much as I can. And people have noticed. People have started asking, 
know, why do you do stuff for other people? And I've been able to talk about the God I believe in. So I think it starts at home. It starts with prayer. It starts with loving your friends and sharing your life with your friends and then seeing where it goes from there. So through lockdown, I've led a friend to Christ. I've run Facebook watch parties. I've given out gospels. I've chatted and answered questions. And I think lockdown's given me that opportunity because people are desperate and I've been able to be more vulnerable and share my life more with them. It sounds just um, just incredible, Nay. I One of the things that I love about you is just your... Um, your creativity and the way in which you take bold risks and you really go for it. What do you think it might look like um, for those of us who are who are listening to this and thinking, oh, this sounds amazing, like this apologetic of community. I'd love to do something like this, um, but perhaps have never done anything like that before. It's the first time we're thinking about it. What would be kind of like a small but significant step in the right direction to be able to generate, you know, some of those conversations and caring for others in the community? Yeah, I mean, I think it's remembering who you are, the people that God's put around you, whether that's family and friends that don't know Jesus, and learning to love and care for them, and also learning to bring them together and create um, parties or environments where you can chat and get to know each other. Mm -hmm. And then in doing that, you'll have more opportunities to talk to them. Um, So for me, a friend sadly died at the start of lockdown and we've set up a GoFundMe to raise money for her family. And we've been doing cake sales and toy sales and socially distanced ways. But that's very much me. That's Nay, that's her community. But it's just loving and serving my friends. But in that, people do notice. And at the same time, I think being really bold and courageous. So through social media, all of us have an opportunity to speak. And through telephone and chatting to friends we've got a chance to speak and be bold and I think most of the time we're just scared and we think we've got time to talk to our friends but when time is short it makes you realize you know with the Lord's support and with the spirit inside of us you can be bold and courageous and invite your friends to come to know him and come home and to be in relationship with Jesus himself. I think what interests me uh, there about what you're saying there, particularly, you know, angling into the whole question of how we could share our lives uh, with our friends, the community piece. You know, one of the things that's really struck me during lockdown is how actually maybe we've forgotten about the power of of community and evangelism. We've forgotten about the power of hospitality uh, and evangelism. Now lockdown is opening up slightly. We're finding that as a family is quite an, an exciting way of outreaching. And I think what's interesting about, you know, community and hospitality and so forth, again, they don't need you to have a platform. You don't have to have your, be, an, be an evangelist with your name in lights. You can be, you know, I don't like to use the word ordinary person, but you can be an ordinary person with friends and a connection and a community and be prayerfully asking the Lord how you can use that and start where you are, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the conversations I'm talking about are just friends. Most of them are parents from the school where my daughters go. I've done lots and lots of friendship hanging out with them, going to the things they organise and becoming friends. But it's in that time as you love people genuinely, um, often in a time of need, people start talking. And also just trusting that the Lord's at work in his world. And so friends will, I don't know, send messages. So another recently a woman wrote to me and shared a Corrie ten Boom quote. And she's not a Christian. And so I wrote back and I said, you do know where this comes from? I showed her the bit in Matthew's gospel where it came from. And she was really surprised that it was a quote from the Bible. Um, but it's amazing how Corrie ten Boom and what she knew of God was appealing to this woman, even though this woman doesn't know God herself. And so that reminded me the Lord's at work in his world. Evangelism is simply joining in. 
Jesus is praying for us and praying for our friends right now. And that's a huge relief to me that it's not on my shoulders. I can simply offer a relationship with the one that I know and love. And so, yeah, be as ordinary as you can. It's, it's in being human and remembering that that's a spiritual thing that we actually mix with people and get to know people better. Hmm. I, I really kind of resonate with what you're saying just there, Nay, about just being being human that that is a real spiritual thing how how do you keep yourself going with all of these wonderful um different opportunities that you have and the challenges that you're facing in them how do you how do you keep going through all these challenges what keeps you going well it's a good question it's quite a big question I mean on one level I think it is really important to to be human so for me I love outdoor swimming and I enjoy my family, I enjoy eating, I enjoy cycling, I enjoy work. And those things are all part of being human. Ultimately, I think lockdown has showed me really, really clearly that this is not the end of the story. So I went on this huge bike ride at the beginning of lockdown and was really deeply searching and asking God what was happening before the Lord really saying, I don't like this. I don't want to be part of what's happening in this pandemic. And also questioning what is humanity that's worth keeping on going for um, if it was just about this world if this is all there is and in that bike ride I really felt God clearly say no this is not the end of the story I chose self-isolation and rejection so that you might have life and community and I came away from the bike ride nothing had changed but everything had changed and I felt different so ultimately it's knowing that the Lord's in control and that this is not the end of the story what's happening right now and my success or lack of success in evangelism is not the end of the story either, which is called to faithfully gossip and share and chat about Jesus as much as possible and to co-labor with him and to pray uh, for our friends. But it's not resting upon me um, on my shoulders. You know, what I, what I think is helpful about that, Nay, I know when I first got started in evangelism, I think that sense that it did rest on my shoulders was almost overwhelming and crushing. And it took a sort of sort of while to move beyond there and realize actually, no, you're not the center of the story. It's God's story. And, uh, you know, our job is to be as faithful as, as possible. So I think that's really, really helpful. Um, another question from a slightly different direction I've got for you. I mean, through through the PFE network, it's amazing to hear the sheer number of, of people you've pulled into this networking and mentoring uh, environment for, for, for people moving into evangelism. But for, you know, those who are listening who are church leaders, um, and there are some church leaders who listen to this podcast, are there ways that, that you've seen, that you've learned, that maybe churches could be doing better at, uh, at helping facilitate, encourage uh, younger uh, people to go into evangelism again particularly women but again young people in general um because i think sometimes there aren't people coming through full stop so are there are there ways that churches could be doing that's a better job of getting more of the laity into into evangelism and seeing that it is something they can do yeah absolutely and i think generally um there's a lot that church leaders could do to find out what opportunities men and women in their church would like i'm running a survey at the moment and sneakily looking at the results but Lots of people are saying they've got gifts and they just don't know where to use them in their local church. So I think firstly, surveying your church, finding out what people or gifts people think they have and do they have opportunities to use them? Are they frustrated? Would be a really revealing thing to do. Um, but also just offering and gathering an opportunity to bring together younger or older evangelists um, and gathering them together as a group 
you could do something similar that we do in PFE and Christian persuaders do this as well, where you um, give short talks and give feedback. That's excellent. But then you really want to help people find opportunities. So often women that come to our annual conference, they really love it, but they go home and they just don't know how to find opportunities because they're not church leaders um, or they're not confident enough to ask for them. So yeah, I'd, I'd do those things um, and really find out how people would like to be involved in evangelism within your local church. Um, because it just might mean, might be that some people just need to um, have a little bit more of encouragement than they've got or an open door for them to speak um, would be really helpful. That's particularly thinking about serving and seeing where people are at and how best the church can serve the wider community uh, as well as um, those that are a part of the, the church family in, in using their gifts. Um, what do you think are particular ways in which you've seen that done really well are there any examples or stories you've you've heard of coming across men or women in that yeah so I mean one first of all a friend of mine she's pretty high up at a university in the UK and she came to some training that we did and she must be in her late 40s 50s and she said nay no one has ever trained me to speak evangelistically before and I just felt really sad because who am I you know I'm just no Dawson to train someone like this um so that's, that's a problem. Um, but what I've seen that's worked well is when women have come to the conference and then they've gone home. In fact, women have been sent by their pastors to the conference. They then have come home and had a chat with them about where they can use their gifts and these newfound skills that they've got. That's amazing. And I know churches have done that because pastors have written to me and contacted me afterwards. And I just really firmly believe men and women have got to work together in communicating the gospel it's really important in our feminist world that um, actually we can demonstrate on that platform how to love each other well and serve each other well, not to speak badly. So I think where people have opened doors, both men and women for each other, and where on platforms they've spoken well of each other and honoured each other, that's amazing. Um, and where they've actually understood what it feels like to be somebody of the opposite gender, got under their and then made the effort to support them. Uh, so you can really support people on social media by encouraging them with what they're doing. Um, so yeah, I would say be encouragers and really find out from the individual women, men in your church, how you could encourage them, what they would need in order to feel encouraged to get going in evangelism. That's some wonderful advice in there, Nate. Thank you for, for sharing that. We're coming to the kind of uh, end of our 20 minutes, but I guess the, the final question, you know, you've you've talked so passionately about mentoring and you've, uh, you know, given uh, PFE a really good plug. For people who are listening who want to find out more about that or possibly get in touch with you, what's the what's the best way for people to get plugged into it to what you're doing, if that's possible? Yeah, the best way to get in touch is either through Instagram at PFA Women or Facebook. So we've got an open page on Facebook and then a closed group for any woman that wants to join us. Uh, so get in touch. We've got lots of things on offer for you to get trained and equipped to serve your local church. We will put links to those in the show notes as well so people can go and find those uh, those social media resources. Nay, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're hugely busy uh, with all that you're doing, pouring into the lives of others, doing evangelism, serving locally as well. Thank you for uh, for making the time to talk to Christy and I today. Thank you so much. And uh, from Christy and I, that's uh, the end of another show and we will catch you uh, in two weeks' time on the next episode of Pep Talk. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>